He's a trigger warning waiting to happen. This is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Tonight, (laughs) the Penguins begin their title defense. If they win the cup for the third straight season, they'll become one of the greatest hockey dynasties of all time. You don't believe me? It's the salary cap error. If they lose, at least they've had the last two seasons. The Flyers seem to think differently. Radko Gudis, the bad defenseman who plays on their third pair, said, quote, They won back-to-back championships, so I think there's more pressure on them than us. End quote. There shouldn't be any pressure on the Penguins at all. If they win, they'll be the first team to win the Cup three straight seasons since the Islanders did it in the early 1980s. That would add to the legacies of Crosby and Malkin, but Sid and Gino are already surefire Hall of Famers. Their legacies are cemented. If the Penguins lose, they'll have lost to the Flyers. That sucks. That blows. That's awful. But you can't win every year. Not even Gretzky or Lemieux's teams were able to do that. It's possible, maybe even likely, that the Penguins won't win at all this year. If that's the case, Penguins fans, please, please, hear me out. You got to deal with it rationally. Mike Sullivan's yet to lose a playoff series as Penn's coach. Sidney Crosby's won the Conn Smythe Trophy in back-to-back years. Phil Kessel scored 45 points in 49 playoff games while wearing the black and gold. Matt Murray won the Cup twice as a rookie. These Penguins have bought themselves the benefit of the doubt. I want them to win it all. Part of me thinks that they'll do it, but even if they don't, This group's given us so much already. There's no pressure. Pressure should be off. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. I suggest all of you out there boycott Yingling over the next two weeks. Actually, that's not necessary. Don't do that. You're only going to have to boycott Yingling for a week. Because this series ain't going longer than five games. The playoffs are the best. The best. They're also the effing worst. If the Penguins lose tonight, tomorrow, Yins will be unbearable. You'll be awful. I won't want to do the radio show and be looking forward to the radio show at the same time. Here's the deal. Teams rarely sweep in the playoffs. Passing lanes will shrink, goalies will be dialed in, space will be non-existent out there compared to the regular season. Games are going to be tight. A bounce here, a bounce there can win or lose a game and consequently a series. If Briere doesn't score in Game 1 of the 2012 series, the Penguins win that game and I bet you they win the series. He was offsides by a mile, by the way. Case in point, in 2015, the Penguins sneaked into the playoffs by barely beating the Buffalo Sabres on the final day of the regular season. They had been playing with five defensemen for a few weeks to end the year. They were gassed. They were out of it. They weren't a good hockey club. Latang was hurt. Erhoff was hurt. They stunk. They played the Rangers in the first round. Best team in hockey. President's Trophy winners had already beaten the Penguins the year prior in the playoffs. Series went five games. But the Penguins were within a goal in each of those games. I do think the Penguins are the far better team here. But this series is going to be similar, I think. Penguins are the better team. They're better on the power play. They're better on the penalty kill. They've got better forwards and better defense. The Penguins have a 
two-time cup-winning goalie between the pipes. The Flyers have something called Brian Elliott. The Penguins are the better team. But that doesn't mean the games won't be tight. If the Penguins win by one tonight, they win. Be happy. If the Penguins win the series in five games, six games, seven games, what have you, by one goal every game, they've won the games. The playoffs are supposed to be close. The playoffs are supposed to be tight. They'll be officiated that way and they'll be played that way. So if the Penguins wind up winning this game tonight and they don't blow the Flyers out of the stinking barn, it's fine. If the Penguins lose tonight, it's fine. You have to lose four. Is Philly going to beat them four times? No. They'll be tight games, but it should be a short series. Get your mind right, Pittsburgh. Don't take to Twitter, please, after every bad goal allowed by Matt Murray. Don't blow chunks after a Latang turnover. Crosby and Malkin may even go <gasps> a game or two without tallying a point. There will be bad calls. There will be reviews. There will be surges from the other team. If you realize all this going in, then your heart won't pop during the playoff run. Sam Carcitti of the Philadelphia Inquirer will join us at 420 today. Got to find out where the hell that baton is. Good on him, by the way, for never deleting that tweet. That is ballsy. I deleted a cheese tease three weeks ago because I misspoke. That guy's got sack. I do want to know what he remembers from that series. Does he think there's going to be any carryover? We'll hear from him coming up in 14 minutes. Penguins are going to need luck to win the Cup, too. There are a lot of great teams in hockey this year, but every great team is flawed, save for Nashville. And they've got Pekka Rene, who in the playoffs gets a little leaky. Leaky Pekka. You need luck to win a championship. You need a bleep ton of luck to win three in a row. Let's go down memory lane for a second here. Let's hop in the old hot tub time machine. 2009 Penguins are great. Twice they battled back from down in the Stanley Cup and eventually won that series. Last year's Penguins battled the odds. The 2016 Penguins came back against the Lightning and won with three goalies. It takes balls to win a Stanley Cup, let alone three-peat. And it also takes a whole lot of stinking luck. In 09, the Penguins were down 3 0 in game six against the Flyers. Mark Eaton, of all people, banked in a goal to make it 3 2, and the Penguins never looked back. FYI, that guy, Mark Eaton, scored 24 goals in 650 career games. Luck matters. In the Cap series in 09, the Penguins were down 2 0 after the first two games in Washington. They then won game three in overtime when Chris Letang's shot ricocheted into the back of the net. Penguins won game five in overtime when a Malkin pass careened off a stick on a two-on-one with Crosby. A couple of bounces, or hell, maybe even one bounced the other way, and the Penguins would not have beat the Caps, let alone win the Stanley Cup. In the Cup Final, the Penguins are down 2-0 after the first few games of the Joe. Had the Wings been able to win one of the next two, and they were close, series would have been over. They hit a pipe that would have tied the game in Game 7. Marc-Andre Fleury had to dive to his right and make the save of his career as time wound down. Sometimes you make your own luck. He did. Other times, you get a little bit of help from the hockey gods. In 2016, the Pens shot the puck over the glass 100 times as they tried to close out the Capitals. That's bad luck. They won the game in overtime. Had they lost, they probably would have lost the series.
They were down 3-2 against the Lightning, and Jonathan Druin sent the Tampa crowd into a frenzy. All the old people and bagel makers. He was ruled offsides after review. Good fortune for the Penguins. Brian Rust poked a puck through Andre Vasilevsky in Game 7 for the game winner. I still don't know how the hell that puck got in. Luck, I think. Last year, the Penguins got outchanced and outcoursed by every team they played save Ottawa. Goaltending saved the bacon. Timely goals sure did help. That has to do with skill, but it also has to do with luck. If you get outplayed that much and still win, luck's on your side. They went to double overtime in Game 7 of the Conference Final. They were a Senator's goal from going home. The Predators in the Cup Final scored the first goal last year. P.K. Subban. Upon review, though, that goal was called back. That's luck. Penguins didn't have a shot for 37 straight minutes in Game 2. We all know what happened. Jake Gensel screaming down the wing. Shoots one between the legs. That leaky Pekka. They still won. Hockey's weird. The hockey gods giveth. The hockey gods taketh away. For the Penguins to do it again, they'll need some help. Every team that wins it does. I'm just trying to lay it all out there for you, Pittsburgh. You expect them to win. And I get it. They got Crosby. They got Malkin. They got a whole lot of gusto, right? They got sack. They got playoff performers. But you need the right matchups. You need a short series wrapped in there somewhere. You need luck. Everything has to go right to win a championship. Everything has gone right the last two years. At some point, that catches up with the team. Maybe it's this year. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Nor do any of the other prognosticators. Nobody knows who's going to win the cup this year. Half the people out there are picking Nashville. Okay, great means nothing they could lose to winnipeg the penguins could lose to philadelphia don't think it's going to happen but if you're playing in a tight series where every game is hotly contested one bounce here or there changes everything and one game that goes the wrong way in a series wins that series for the other team i've talked a lot about the luck the penguins have had they completely outplayed montreal in 2010 and yaroslav halak kazuntaik Stood on his head to keep every damn puck out of the net. Analysis, analysis. It matters. I know what I'm talking about. So does Madden. So do some other select few in this town. None of them at the station across the street. But no one really knows what's going to happen until the puck drops. So many of us have talked about the flipping of the switch. That cliche. Can they do it? I think so. But they'll have to. And maybe they're just tired. Balls do play into luck, though. Cajones plays into it. Malkin's a Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Crosby's won it in back-to-back years. Murray had a career save percentage of 928 in the playoffs. Kessel scored 45 points in 49 games. Brian Rust is Mr. Elimination Game. Dumoulin and Latang have scored huge goals in Cup Final Elimination Games. Hornquist ended the Preds last year, and Gensel was the league's leading goal scorer in the playoffs. Luck will take you far, but the Penguins also have some gamers. They've got balls. They've got spot. Is that how you say that? Nailed it. They've got it. 
And that's one of my least favorite phrases in sports. I make fun of the guy who says they've got the it factor. But they do. They've got talent. That's probably really what matters. But they've raised their game the last two years. People forget, last year's Penguins club was not great. They were the last team standing. They survived. They did the little things at the right moment. But they weren't a juggernaut outplaying everyone left and right. This Penguins team has a lot of talent. Their top three lines are better than anybody else's top three lines in the National Hockey League. Winnipeg may be a close second. They have the ability to dominate. But they are tired. And I feel like they might have to win more like they won last year. What's that mean? Matt Murray's going to have to stand on his head. Or at least make the timely saves. He might. He might not. Luck's going to have a lot to do with it. 412-922-2874. We've got Pete Blackburn of CBS He's a Bruins fan. We will not hold that against him. He's at 520. Dave Isaac of the Courier Post at 540. Tim Benz, the official vampire of the Crowley Show at 6. Already? He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? Breaker, breaker, one, nine. Keep your eyes out for a Kojak with a Kodak. Snapping portraits by the dildo dealer on McKnight Road. Pull that pole back and keep it in the granny hell, or else you'll be paying that troll toll. It's Smoky Report. You see a Miss Piggy, Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Bear in the Bushes, or a Bear in the Air, you give us a holler, and we'll get you home without that extra freight. 412-922-2874. Remember, keep your shiny side up and your skin's on the ground. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go. Good to have Brian back in the saddle. I've got all kinds of Philly people tweet me now because in my cheese tees, I'm shirtless. And Tom did a really good job of booking Philadelphia guests for this week and for this show, and they all retweeted it. And they're all chastising me, saying, oh, Pittsburgh really is gross. Well, you know what? At least we can't smell Camden from Pittsburgh. How about that? Coming up next, Sam Carcitti from the Philadelphia Inquirer. He might still smell like Camden. Where's that baton today? It's the Crowley Show. I had a buddy who last week while we we're sitting at the bar, he says, I just, I'm not going to be able to get up for round one next week. Depends on one back-to-back cups. Uh, talk to me when they get to the conference final. Number one, Penguins fans are spoiled. Number two, he texted me this morning. He keeps sending me YouTube videos of Penguins flyers. The guy's all kinds of cheesed up. If you want Penguins fans to be engaged, they're going to be anyhow. But if you really want to get them engaged, bring the Flyers to town. And here they are. Joining us now to discuss Sam 
Karchidi from the Philadelphia Inquirer and the Daily News. Sam, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Sam, what's the confidence level for Philly fans? I feel like the whole town's just feeling themselves right now. The Eagles won. The Sixers are on fire. The Wildcats brought home their second ship in three years. They probably think nothing can go wrong. Yeah, they're feeling good right now about Philly sports teams. And uh, uh, as you mentioned, the Sixers right now look like they have they have a good shot to, to go. Um, you know, it's, it's a beat in the city. I, I think that uh, Fire fans are just excited that the Flyers got into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, whatever they get is gravy. But I don't get that impression from the players. The players think they can win this series. Uh, that, that the Penguins won four games because it was the, those could have gone either way, three of them anyway. And uh, so they, they think they have a... Um, you know, a decent chance to upset the Penguins. Uh, it's a tough matchup for the Flyers. I think they matched up much better if they got Washington in the first. Yeah, had Washington's number this year. You know, it happens. Uh, I think New Jersey kind of had the Penguins number for most of the season. And the same thing with the Flyers and the uh, Capitals. And you can say that the Penguins had their way with the Flyers, but that, that they won all four games. I, I think we're going to see a long, entertaining series, you know, like these teams always seem to uh, to give us when they when they meet in the season. I'm curious, Sam, who do the Flyers fans love to hate more, the Penguins or the Rangers? Probably the Penguins. I, I think Penguins, and that, in a way, uh, that's a compliment because you know the Penguins, you know, they, they've been at the top of the NHL now for so long that uh, I, I think there's a little jealousy there. And, uh, you know, Crosby brings, brings out the, you can say the best or the worst in the Flyers fans. He's the guy you love to hate, but the guy, uh, you'd love to have on your team. You know, it's kind of like back in the day when, when Pete Rose in baseball was, uh, uh, <laughs> was dominating the league and, and, uh, everybody except for people in Cincinnati couldn't stand him, but anyone who's on your team, you love them. And that, that actually did happen literally in Philadelphia when, you know, he led them to the first World Series. I'm going back many years, but uh, you know, in, in a way, like I said, it's a compliment because the Penguins have been good, good for so long, and uh, you know, they're they present uh, a huge challenge for the Flyers. There's no question about it. Sam, I do want to get to this series, but I do want to look back at 2012 first because it was a total gong show. And first of all, kudos for leaving the baton tweet up. Uh, that that takes balls. Uh, I would not have left it up. I deleted a tweet three weeks ago because I was getting all kind of stuff on it. At the time, though, Giroux had 14 points in that series. I mean, I don't think that at the time the tweet was out of bounds. No, and people take it out of context, and, and uh, it's taken on a life of its own. But you're exactly right. I mean, at the time, Giroux, you know, was the better player. Um, you know, since then, Crosby, you know, has been the better player. There's no question about it. I think Giroux has been the better player this year. But, uh, you know, at that time, there's, there's, you know, there's no question. Drew was, was the best player in that series. And, uh, uh, you know, Peter Lavalette, who has forgotten more about hockey than I have ever known, <laughs> called him, you know, the best player in the world after that series. And, and, you know, that, that was, uh, uh, that was true at that time. But things changed and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing against Crosby's, you know, tremendous career because he, he has been, uh, the face of the NHL. I, I don't think anybody will disagree with that. Uh, uh, I guess 
since then, you know. Uh, this year, I think Giroux, though, is a legitimate MVP candidate. I was, was really uh, surprised that uh, NHL.com, they, they did a, uh, a survey of their seven, they had 17 guys uh, and, and men and women vote uh, for first place, second place, third place for the MVP this year, and not one picked Giroux as, as number one. And uh, to me, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, he was he's the only player in the league in the top three in three offensive categories, uh, including points. He's third or second. He's uh, first in assists, and he's third in the face-off percentage. Uh, you know, he, he, out of all the MVP candidates who were in the playoffs, uh, he accounted for a higher percentage of his team's goals than any of them. And I could go on and on. He, he played a different position this year. He went to left wing. Uh, his two line mates, uh, Sean Couturier and Travis Konechny, for most of the year, um, they had career seasons. So, uh, you know, to me, it's, uh, I think he's number one. I think, you know, you can get arguments from people who were in Kopitar's corner or Taylor Hall, uh, maybe, uh, maybe McKinnon. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think Drew has been the MVP this year, uh, to my way of thinking. And, uh, but Sidney Crosby has had uh, his share of MVPs. So, uh, it's not a slight on him at all. Well, Sam, I know you were on with Stan before, and Stan's a journalist, Stan's objective. I'm objective, but I come from a place of being a fan. I want the Penguins to win. I dislike Claude Giroux very much because I still have PTSD from 2012, but I agree with you. I think he's right there at the top. Uh, if he's not the MVP, you can sure make cases for other guys, but for him to have not been picked by any of them is... I think, fairly disgraceful. And in fact, if Philadelphia is going to win this series, I think it's because this guy's been one of the best players, if not the best player in the league this year, and he could do that again in this series. Yeah, a lot of people say Nathan McKinnon because you know, he led Colorado's charge. You know, I think they made a 42- or 43-point improvement from last year. There's no question he was their, their MVP. But if you look at down the stretch in Colorado, uh, you know, was uh, nip and tuck. They were in uh, playoff spot, out of the playoff spot. He had one goal in his last 10 games. Claude Giroux had 19 goals in the last 29 games. So he just put the Flyers on his back. And, and as you know, the MVP is voted on for, for the regular season. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he's going to have to play a, a huge role. I, I kind of think the first line, with Couture's line against Crosby's line, uh, they may neutralize each other a lot. So I think it's going to come down to the second and third lines. And, and the Penguins on paper have, have a big advantage. So uh, I wrote about that today in the inquiry. I think that's, that's where the series may be decided, the second and third lines. And the Flyers are going to, going to have their hands full uh, trying to contain Malkin and, and, of course, Kessel on the third line. And um, for the Flyers, for them to pull the upset, they need some of the young guys like Nolan Patrick and uh, Oscar Lindblom. Uh, guys like that have to really step up. Some two rookies, and the Flyers have a young team. They have eight guys on their roster playing in the playoffs for the first time. Uh, five of them will will be regulars tonight, and a couple more may play later in the series. But uh, uh, they have a real good mix. Though. They have a mix of uh, veterans and young guys, and uh, uh, you know this is this is a team that's on the rise. There's no question about it. Sam Carcitti, Philadelphia Inquirer, joining us here on the Crowley Show. Sam, you talked about their youth the Flyers have. I think that they're 
trending up at the right time. That's not to say that I think they're going to win this series. I don't. But the Penguin Stars are eventually going to not perform the way that they've performed throughout the last 12 years. The Flyers, I think, have a very bright future. Nolan Patrick had a hell of a second half of the season. Yeah, there's no question. He, you know, he had uh, the same surgery that Claude Giroux had, and, and uh, um, it took him a while. It took him probably two or three months to really look like himself. But the second half of the year, he's been he's been excellent. And uh, I would say the first part of the year, it almost looked like whenever he got the puck, he, he didn't want it. He gave it away. Now he, he's more confident. Uh, he's making more moves with the puck. And... Uh, yeah, he, he's been a big part. The Flyers had the fifth-best record in the NHL from December 4th on. Up until then, they were they were at the bottom of the Metro Division. They had lost 10 in a row. Uh, only two teams in the league had a worse record than them. So they've, they've made a complete uh, about-face, and uh, Nolan Patrick is a big part of that. And uh, um, yeah, and, and some of the second-year guys have really uh, stepped up. Travis Konechny uh, had a... A brilliant second half of the year again when he was on Giroux's line. He, he scored 20 goals in the 41 games he was with Claude Giroux and, and Sean Couturier. So, uh, you know, he's a guy to watch in this series, and, and so is Ivan Provorov, who had 17 goals as a defenseman that tied for number one in the league. But, uh, but you're right. They've, they've, you know, they've added some young guys, and I think the Penguins, to their credit, they have too. Uh, you know, the Gensels and the Rust and the Shearies and, and guys like that. Uh, you know, they've, they've done a real nice job adding young players as well. But, uh, um, but you're right. This Flyers team is, is definitely trending in the right direction. And that said, I, I don't think they have quite enough to beat the Penguins, but I think they have enough to give them a, a real tough series. Oh, I don't think there's a doubt about that. And it's something that we've talked about extensively here on the show. When the Penguins made the playoffs, the year prior to winning the first of their back-to-back Stanley Cups, they were the last team in. They sneaked in by beating the Sabres in the last game of the regular season, and then they played the President's Trophy-winning Rangers, and it was a five-game series, but every single game was a one-goal game, apart from the game the Penguins won 4-2 to two in Game 2. And I think that whenever people look and say, okay, I think this might be a, a five-game series or a six-game series, I think people just assume that the Penguins are going to have their way I don't think it's going to be like that at all. I think every single game is going to be hotly contested. And I'm wondering what you think, Sam, about the mindset of the Flyers here. Back in the day, 2012, so not that long ago, the talking points around the Penguins were, if you get in the head of Crosby and Malkin and Latang, they're going to come unraveled and they're not going to play well. Now I think the Flyers have to toe a line because if they start playing... The Penguins and putting them on the power play—that's danger zone, I think. Now for Philadelphia, yeah, no question about it. And that, that's been the Flyers' uh, Achilles' heel all season. They—they've not committed a lot of penalties. They—they uh, they had the third least amount of penalties in the league. Uh, very uncharacteristic for this franchise. Uh, but they were just horrendous on the penalty kill. You know, when they were in the box, they uh, only three teams. Uh, actually two teams that were 29th in the league on the PK. And, and conversely, as you well know, the Penguins were number one in the league on the power play. So, um, you know, that's the frightening matchup for the Flyers. And, and you talked to me, Andrew McDonald the other day said the best way to get our penalty kill working is to not have to work it. You know, we, we have to stay out of the box. And, and that's a fine line. Wayne Simmons talked about last night. You know, you want to play with an edge 
but you don't want to go over that edge. You know, you want to be aggressive, uh, but you don't want to put the Penguins on the power play because they are lethal. I think they converted like a little over 38%, which is uh, ridiculously good, as you know, uh, against the Flyers in the regular season. And, uh, you know, like I said, the Flyers' PK has just been in shambles, really, for the last three or four years. It's not just this year. But, uh, um, you know, they, they have to stay out of the box if, if they want a chance. And five on five, the Flyers have been one of the better teams in the league. And the Penguins have given up uh, more five on five goals than all but the three or four teams in the league. So, you know, that's the Flyers' advantage. If they can keep the game five on five and stay out of the penalty box, they'll, they'll have a, a, a chance to, uh, you know, to shock the world, but, uh, uh, it's a big if because, uh, it, it's pretty tough, uh, to be penalty free in a game. And, uh, I, I think the Penguins, when they do get the chance, will be able to take advantage of the Flyers PK. Sam, I uh, really appreciate the time. Uh, if Claude Giroux winds up doing what he did back in 2012, you've got to send the tweet out again to troll every single Pittsburgh fan out there. Can we have a deal? <laughs> Yeah, okay, you got it. It's all good fun. Absolutely it is. Hey, Sam, really appreciate the time. Thank you My very pleasure. much. My pleasure. Enjoy the series. You too. Take care. There he goes, Sam Carcitti from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Really good hockey dude. He obviously knows what he's talking about. I will say this. While the Flyers were a really good 5-on-5 five five team this year, the Penguins, yes, they stunk. They gave up a bunch of goals 5-on-5. Five five. But in the season series, Penguins slapped them around 5-on-5. Five and then on the power play. So while Philadelphia has been good at that, that's their calling card. Let's outplay them five on five, five on five. Let's stay out of the penalty box. They didn't do either of those things against the Penguins in the first four games they played this year. But you know what they say. It's tough to beat a teammate times. Coming up next, a lot of people are saying the Flyers are the underdogs. And yeah, we want to see the Penguins knocked out. They won the cup the last two years. You can't be an underdog. If you're not likable at all, it's the Crowley Show. Be a part of the 10th anniversary of the Dick Sporting Goods Pittsburgh Marathon by volunteering race weekend. Every volunteer gets a free t-shirt, invite to the post-event appreciation party, which includes a free pirate ticket and more thanks to partners UPMC Health Plan, Bayer, and Eaton Corporation. Sign up today at thepittsburghmarathon.com. I mean, why does it have to be a baton? Why can't it be a metal? A torch. Could be a torch. Why not a sausage? Yeah. Sidney Crosby passes the sausage to Claude Giroux. Yeah, there's a visual. This report is brought to you by Unbound.org. Claude Giroux talked to the Pittsburgh media today. And he said, quote, it would be great to stop their little streak. It's not fun during the summer and everyone talking about the Penguins winning their second cup in a row, end quote. Little streak? Eight straight playoff series? Two Stanley Cups? Little streak? You know what's a long streak? 42 years, man. Since the Flyers won the cup and they ain't gonna win it this year. If they beat the Penguins, and I don't think that's gonna happen, but if they did... That club's going to win the cup? Might as well make it 43 years right now, Claude. Is it Claude or Claude? I think it's fraud. Fraud Giroux. 
with his baton coming into Pittsburgh. Hey, fraud, why didn't you ever put up 102 points when you were a center? Look, Claude's a great player, and he's a thorn in the side of the Penguins. But his career isn't even comparable to Sidney Crosby's. It's not even comparable to Evgeny Malkin's. Malkin, despite reports to the contrary, is one of the best 100 players of all time, probably in the top 25. Crosby's a top five player of all time. Claude, fraud, Giroux, good player. Borderline Hall of Famer? Borderline? Then you look at Jacob Voracek. That guy's the ugly Claude Giroux. Have you ever thought about that? He looks like Claude Giroux, but uglier and worse at hockey. They're so unlikable. That's the thing here about these Flyers. Everyone's calling them the underdog, and I've got friends who are Caps fans, and I've got friends who are Rangers fans. Everyone hates the Flyers, but a lot of hockey fans now hate the Penguins because Sidney Crosby's Brady and the Penguins are the Patriots. So people hate them, want to see them lose. But to have an underdog that's worth rooting for, it's got to be a likable underdog. Claude Drew's out grabbing ass with cops and not in the good way. That's not cool. Radko Gudis is still in the league? Picture this. I was on my toilet. Scrolling through Twitter.com, and a little old quote pops up from Radko Gudis. And I said to myself, hmm, that guy's in the league? He is. He's on the bottom pair for Philadelphia. He stinks. Their defense core, apart from the top two, stinks. And Radko Gudis is a thug. Now, they're not quite the same as they used to be in 2012. Oh, my God. They had 1,300 penalty minutes. Now they actually had less penalty minutes than the Penguins. That doesn't happen. So they're not quite as unlikable as previous Flyers teams. But Philadelphia itself's unlikable. The cheesesteak is a great sandwich. It's steak and it's cheese. And they gone effed it up. Instead of putting real cheese on the sandwich... They put cheese whiz all over the damn thing. Oh, it's great when you're 15 yinglings deep, but it's not great when you're sober. No one in the history of the world has ever said, I need less cheese. In fact, I need less authentic cheese, except for Philadelphia. Philadelphia is like, oh, let's put this out there and we'll say it's cheese. It's not cheese. It's flavored air. Reason one not to like it. Reason two, the Eagles. Oh, my God. I told you all this back when they were playing the Patriots. Root for New England. Because now Philly, they feeling themselves. We won with our backup quarterback. Now we've got Carson Wentz. And who knows how many championships we're going to win? Well, no one knows. Not even you, poop-eating Eagles fan. The people who like the Eagles like the Flyers. And then there's Nova. Jay Wright, that prick. Nice suit you're wearing, Jay. Philadelphia. We want to recruit there, but we don't want to associate ourselves with the city. Unlikable. You got Michael Kendricks, who spells his name with a Y, going on the NBC hockey broadcast when he's a football player. Do we need more Philadelphia? Do we need them to keep feeling themselves? 
Ben Simmons like, oh, man, I'm the rookie of the year. F you, Ben Simmons. F the Sixers. Only the 76ers would have the shortest name in all of sports, 7-6-E-R-S, and then lengthen it to Sixers on the uniform. I hate everything about that city. The Liberty Bell. Oh, we love this bell. It's a great bell. It's cracked. Yeah, but the Declaration of Independence. Hey, spoiler alert, they had parchment and quills everywhere else in the country at the same time. Yeah, but we got Rocky. Hey, it's fake. They made a statue of Rocky. They have a statue of the chick who sang the national anthem, the big one, right? And that's it. Those are the statues in Philadelphia. Can't put up a Lindros statue because, you know, it would just break. Philly needs to be knocked down a peg. And these flyers aren't likable. Crosby's likable. The bus crash in Canada was tragic, awful. Sidney Crosby hand-wrote a letter to each of those people who survived. Great guy. Chris Letang has overcome so much. Ole Mata has overcome so much. Matt Murray's father passed away, and he's dealt with countless injuries this year. The Penguins are a team, even though you don't want to see him win, they've got players worth rooting for. The Flyers have Radko Gudis. The Flyers, in the history of the franchise, have probably racked up more penalty minutes than any franchise ever. I don't know this for a fact, but I'd guess. And they didn't even play when the league started. They're not an original six franchise. F them. F their city. Screw the fact that Philadelphia people are happy right now. The Penguins need to end this. And they need to start it tonight. And I think they will. Extra innings in our nation's capital today as a tribe of braves are scalping a group of nationals like it's the French and Indian War. They lead 5-3, to three, bottom 12 there. Game to keep an eye out for later on tonight. The Yanks and the Red Sox going at it. These two teams, they just don't like each other, man. You can throw the records right in the trash can when they get together. And hey, earlier today, Milwaukee beat up on St. Louis 3-2. to And I tell you, Adam, I haven't seen a group of Cardinals this flustered since Pope Benedict decided to reside like six years ago. Back to you. It's time to get pucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know, uh, you feel shame, you know. And then you get free. This is the 5-Minute Major with Adam Crowley. There are a few things that worry me a little bit about this series. Just a few. I think the Penguins have better forwards. I think the Penguins have better defensemen. I think the Penguins have a better goaltender and better special teams. They also win a bunch at home. I like the Penguins here. But the Penguins have been bad at picking up the late guy on the rush of late. And the Flyers... They have 50 goals from their defensemen this year. Provorov has the most goals from the blue line when he's not interfering with United States elections. And Gostas Bear was tied for fourth. So I'm sure this was a big point of emphasis from Sully in the film room, but something you has to worry about going into game number one tonight. Flyers power play also did not have great numbers, but it has a hell of a lot of talent. Simmons is a monster in front of the net. He gave the Penguins fits in 2012, and he's given a lot of people fits since then. 
They've got a great team as it relates to getting shots through from the point. And Giroux is as good on the half wall as anyone in the league. Back when Crosby used to want to post up at the half wall all the time, I just wanted to mail the Penguins coaching staff video of Claude Giroux. Now, Claude's a righty. It's a little bit different. But Sidney Crosby was always doing things by rote. Claude Giroux is creative as they come on the half wall. So I'm guessing that the Penguins are going to pressure him a bunch. I'm guessing they're going to make zone entries a bitch. That's the key to stopping this team. That's it. That's the only things I'm worried about. But the Flyers have a lot of problems. It shouldn't be a but. It should be also the Flyers have a lot of problems. Their PK is 29th in the league. Spoiler alert, that's bad. They've had trouble pressuring all year long. I said that's the key for the Penguins to get after Philadelphia on the power play. Well, Philadelphia hasn't been pressuring anybody all season long on the PK. They've been sagging in the box. Sounds dirty. It's not. Instead of pressuring the points, instead of pressuring the power play quarterback, they try to block shots. They try to hang out around the goaltender. I get it because the goaltenders aren't great, and if you block the shots, they ain't going in. Unfortunately, they have gone in because they haven't done enough job, a good enough job of that. Flyers have two rookies on the second line. Not one, but two. It's two out of three. That is 66% of the line is rookies. Meanwhile, if that line is going mano a mano with Evgeny Malkin's line, Malkin's not a rookie. Malkin's won the con Smythe. Malkin led the playoffs in scoring last year. You've got Patrick Hornquist, who scored the cup-winning goal last year. You've got Carl Haglin, who finished it off with the empty netter. Experience is key in this series. The Penguins have a lot of it. Penguins have a lot of it on that line. The Flyers' second line has zip, bupkis, zilch. Oh, yeah, and there's this. Their goalies are bad. I have nothing else to add there. Their goalies are just bad. And they were 42-40 and 40 this year. They lost 10 games in a row. You can't throw that out. Good teams don't lose 10 games in a row. If Crosby's line plays Giroux's line even, this thing's going to be a quick series. Penguins in five. Five hard-fought games. 412 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Up next, I'll tell you, and this is very sportsy, what this series means to the legacy of Crosby and Malkin. Flyers suck. Hi, Tom Bodette with a word on fusion cuisine, where you mix one country's food with another one. I always call that stew, but whatever gets you to dessert. But whether you like a French vigissoise with Thai chili oil, or you're more into the fusion of American burger and French fry, you'll save more for that meal at Motel 6. It's an intriguing mix of clean, comfortable, and low prices, or as we fusionistas call it, Colo. I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Can you just can you just unzip my fly though? No, I told you I'm not going to do that. You said I'll be all right, but I need you'll be all right. I, I need help. This report brought to you by the ad.